It's a lot to the game, and he's right here. Right now. now. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. What is happening? Day two of the week. Third week of practice for your favorite team. The schedules are set. However, I have a question. If you could renegotiate the schedule, what changes would you make? Hold on, hold on. Time out. I'll explain. Welcome into the show on a Tuesday. Hey, everybody. Hope you all are doing well. Thanks for tuning in, however you're listening, wherever you're listening. Love for you to be a part of the show. I'm going to tell you how to do that. We're in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. In the Farm Bureau studio, you know, uh, so, like, I like Beaver. I trust Beaver. He's a producer, you know, and runs Chris Brooks' show before we come on the air on Jackson uh, in Jackson here. And I like his opinions. I don't always agree with his opinions. For instance, somewhere back down the road, he said he was not a big fan of the JSU Sonic Boom. Get an earful of that, B. And then I heard him saying that he wasn't a big fan of Ryan, who calls in and does impressions on our show. So with that said, here's a little sonic boom for you. And somebody let Ryan know that today is John Gruden's 61st birthday. Chucky, you hear that, Ryan? I need a little Chucky on today's show. Just just for Beaver. There we go. There you go. That's how you start a show right there. That's how you start a show. Jason on Facebook said, play it, Maddie." <laughs> Sven couldn't even type the word boom. He just typed the word Sonic. You know, maybe he's enjoying a blizzard right now over in Berlin. But maybe he enjoyed the Sonic boom. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we started off the show with a little energy. And the Sonic boom always accomplishes that. It always accomplishes that. Yeah, and uh, Ready Teddy liked it, so we're off and running. Let me, uh, we're going to get into the news. I don't know that it's necessarily a huge surprise for everyone. Probably not at this point. You kind of heard rumors of an injury to Jordan Davis, a defensive end for Mississippi State in the scrimmage. But uh, apparently, Matt Zenitz of On Three Sports, the new thing that they are building up in uh, the Nashville area, but it's going to be another database for college football stuff online. Ivan Mazel, kind of the lead writer for that site. But Matt Zenitz for On3 tweeted that he has a source saying that Jordan Davis tore his ACL and will miss the whole season. Um, and so we'll get into that, kind of what the ramifications are um, a little bit later in the show. We'll talk about that if you want to see the tweet. It's on my timeline. I retweeted it. It's uh, I'm at Radio Wyatt on Twitter. So check that out. We'll, we'll touch on that. And Denzel, thanks for the heads up. No, I had a question about schedules. I was looking at this earlier. I didn't actually jot it down and kind of get through the entire exercise. But I'm just curious about something. 
you're a fan of somebody. We kind of went through the whole reason last week why you're a fan of who you're a fan of. You're obviously a fan of someone, some team. But if you had some control over the scheduling, let's just do a hypothetical, okay? Because I have a feeling the current scheduling model in the SEC that you have for football, which as a fan, it gives you, what, seven home games to go to. If you're a state fan, you get to go to Starkville for seven home games. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you get to most years, everybody gets to go you know, to, to Oxford for seven home games, and then you have, right, five road games. Doesn't everybody do seven and five for the most part in a 12-game season? How that works out? And, and why is that? Non-conference. Correct? Right, because everybody's playing four non-conference games. Well, so regardless, your, your schedule right now is, is made up of seven home games. In terms of the teams you play, your favorite team on your campus is going to get – you're going to play seven home games, but you're also going to play a grand total of eight conference games. Okay, But it throws those four non-conference in there. And as I've told you, going all the way back to like March, the talk behind the scenes is the SEC, they're going to do some things, to, and, and pretty soon you got a new TV contract coming up in 24 you got two new teams coming to the league at the very latest in 2025. So over the next sometime in the next five years, you're going to have a whole new scheduling model for your favorite team. If you're a Bulldog or if you're a Rebel, what it is, I don't know. Whether they stick with divisions and rotate that all and play more games, I don't know. Or do they go to the pod system? You know, we've kicked all of that around. But I want to play a game with you today because I've got my own opinions on it, and I'll give you my opinions right out of the shoot. Look at your team schedule. Now, it doesn't have to be State and Ole Miss. Maybe you're a Georgia fan, Alabama fan, somebody. But look at your team schedule and tell me which two non-conference games you would take off the schedule and which two conference games you would replace it with. And the only thing that has to match is whether or not those games are home and away. It doesn't matter, though. I just want to know who the opponents are. Because I want to really think about it for a second. We hadn't really looked at that. And we're doing two because, you know, you got you, theoretically you want to be able to keep the same number of home games, right? And without going through the whole exercise of, well, you'd have to move this one to a road game. I don't want to do all that. I just want to know who. Let me give you an example. Here's why I'm asking, okay? So think about it from the prospect of a Mississippi State fan, okay? State's four non-conference games this year are what? Louisiana Tech, NC State, Memphis, those three in a row to start the year, by the way, and then Tennessee State the next to the last weekend of the season. So all total, La Tech, NC State, Memphis, Tennessee Tech. Now I might look at that schedule and go, well, you know what? Hmm. I'll keep NC State. Home game, NC State, I'll keep that on there. And you know what? I'll keep Louisiana Tech. I don't want to go to Memphis and play Memphis. Number one, don't gain anything. Number two, I don't want to go to Memphis. Number three, they may beat you. So I'll I'll keep, of the non-conference games on this schedule, I'll for this exercise, I'll keep NC State and La Tech. I'm getting rid of Memphis and Tennessee Tech. Well, Matt, who are you going to replace them with? Well, in their place, you're telling me I've got to pick conference games I want to play. Okay. In their place, then, 
take Memphis and Tennessee Tech off the schedule. Give me a road trip to South Carolina in place of a road trip to Memphis. And the week before the Egg Bowl, give me a home game against Tennessee instead of a home game against Tennessee Tech. How about that? Now, look, again, I just chose a couple teams, obviously, from the other division because they're currently not on the schedule. But now, how does that schedule look? It's hypothetical, but how does that schedule look now? For you as a fan, especially from buying a ticket perspective, Anthony, as I was saying, South Carolina and Tennessee, Anthony on YouTube typed in and hit submit and went South Carolina, Tennessee. That's what he wants. Clayton's on the live stream on YouTube. He said he would replace Tennessee State and Memphis with South Carolina and Missouri. Now, notice we're not jumping out there and putting Florida or Georgia on there. I I understand why. And And we just go, what if? But I chose South Carolina and Tennessee. Sven did go Georgia. But he said, take La Tech and Tennessee State off the schedule, give him Georgia and South Carolina. Well, number one, if you do that, your schedule's a lot tougher, obviously. It's tougher any way we do this. Any way it shakes out, it's going to be tougher. That's a lot tougher. But my goodness, think about the attractiveness of your schedule. Think about the attractiveness of your home schedule for a ticket purchaser, a fan who's actually thinking about not only buying a ticket for the game, but buying gas reserving a tailgate space, getting a hotel room, whatever that involves. Paying for a condo, staying two nights, whatever. So, you know, there's all different ways to look at this. Kane commented on Facebook, said ticket and spectator perspective. I love it. Uh, He's a compete. Then hard schedule. No question. No question. And if you're already... Look, Sven says, you know, you're in the West. You don't have a bunch of easy games to begin with, which is true. Now, Eric said, you know, take off La Tech and NC State and give me Florida and Vandy. You might put Florida on there. Vandy's already on your schedule. State goes to Vanderbilt in late October. Isn't that right? Yeah, October 23rd. Uh, they go there. Again, if you were to just and, – and then I'm coming to the phone. Hang in there. Just, I'm setting the table because I want to know what y'all think. And and here's the real kicker. If you have time to let me know, I want to know why. I want to know why you're choosing certain teams. I can tell you why I'm choosing the ones I would choose. All right. If you're Ole Miss, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I'm just saying like, go through the exercise. Ole Miss's non-conference games this year, they're all in September, three of the four in September, right out of the chute. Louisville, Austin P, and then Tulane. And... They play Liberty the first weekend in November. Isn't that right? Right. So if you're going to rem- – for, for them, they're four non-conference. Louisville, Austin P, Tulane, and Liberty. Take two away, add two SEC teams. What are you doing? Well, for Ole Miss, I think I would go get Austin P out of there and get Louisville out of there. I don't care about seeing them play Louisville. Keep Tulane, Absolutely. Keep Liberty for obvious reasons, absolutely. But replace Louisville and Austin P with what? I'd replace them with like Florida, maybe Missouri. You play Missouri instead of Austin P, you play Florida instead of Louisville. Does your schedule toughness go up? Through the roof. You add more SEC games, it's going through the roof. 
But I know you started the season last year hosting Florida. What if you started the season this year at Florida? And what if in week two, instead of hosting Austin P in the blazing heat, you're hosting Missouri or Tennessee, or oh, I know they play Tennessee later, or Kentucky or Georgia? See, to a ticket, to someone buying a ticket, or especially a season ticket for home games, that can make it makes all the difference in the world. It also makes all the difference in the world how tough the schedule is. Yeah, but then you do that across the SEC. You go to 10 conference games instead of eight. Half the schools are like, what? It's a lot harder to win, you know, win a bunch of games. Well, yeah, it is a lot harder. But if you do it, you really accomplish something. Your strength of schedule is absolutely through the roof. And no playoff, four-team or eight or 12, is going to be able to snicker at your schedule. They can't do it right now with eight. They certainly can't do it if you're playing 10 conference games. All right, I'm going to come to some more comments on the there's a bunch of them on the live stream and on the text line. I'm going to get to those. First, though, on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. What's up, Chris? Thanks for calling. How you doing, Matt? I'm all right. Okay, so if I was going to take some, if I was going to take somebody off, I'd take LaTeX off just because I think that that's a game we have a chance of losing. And I would put Florida in their place. If we're going to lose to somebody, we might as well lose to Florida. And my opinion as a state fan if you want to put butts in seat, bring Dan Mullen back up there again. <laughs> yeah, or at least and more then, often. Yeah, I, take, I got it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take Tennessee Tech off, let's upgrade them with Missouri. Yeah. I mean, you still got a bad team, but it's an SEC team. You know, and you bring up an interesting point right there, Chris. Uh, well, the point you brought up made me think of something I hadn't thought of. Okay, if you had a more sensible schedule rotation in the SEC – it would be a lot better for the new teams that are in the league. And I'm still, I know that it's almost been 10 years, but I still consider Missouri and AM new because everybody would get to see them more often and they would get to see us. You know what I'm saying? Like we brought Missouri into the league for, and just use them as an example. And so far, we're, we're what, 10 years into this. Okay. We had state has had one trip to Missouri, 2015 Dak senior year, and the only reason you hosted them last year is because of COVID, and and you cut your schedule and played only, so you've seen them literally in a decade twice and once on your campus. Okay, so and on, and honestly, I mean, if you were going to take a road game to either one of those, I'd, I'd rather as a state fan go to Missouri. Because I've been up there around there around Columbia, Missouri, and it's a pretty campus. I, I agree. It's, I mean, it's an, it, it really is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a pretty easy so trip me, for a lot of people, too. Okay, I asked Chris Brooks this. I know you probably watched more preseason football than he did. Did you see – I meant to ask you yesterday. Did you see that call in an Indianapolis game? No. What happened? Or, or lack of call. They said the guy stepped out of bounds. Matt. In real time, I could see the grass between his feet and the and the line. I have no clue at why they did what they did, and then they went back and reviewed it and come back out and still made the same awful call. <laughs> I didn't see it at and, all. I mean, it's like you need to look at it. Like, I mean, they were going crazy over it. And if this is the kind of junk we're going to have to put up with all year, I'd rather not watch football. Yeah. 
Come on, please, NFL, SEC, y'all do something with your officials to make them understand that the show is not about them. It's about you getting the call right. That's the only thing you need to do. It's the only thing we need. And I'm sick and tired of these NFL referees acting like this. Appreciate the call, Chris. Thank you. You notice we had a new female referee? I thought I saw another woman. In the Saints game. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. She was on the sidelines. Number 100. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, no longer since they say there's just one. (laughs) There will always be a first, though. Okay. she's She'll always be out here in Brandon. That's right. She's she's Mississippi's. (laughs) We can can claim that, and she can claim that for sure. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, and back over to the schedule thing. You know, Chris is saying La Tech. He said, I think it's a game you could lose. And, you know, I look at them and see, that's the way I see Memphis, at Memphis. I don't know that <clears throat> I don't look at I think there's a slim chance of La Tech coming in there and winning that opener. Unless State has like a rash of injuries or just, you know, on their shoes or something. But they that's a game they ought to win. But, you know, three weeks later, you go to Memphis. That's a whole different deal. Um, and like you know, Chris's logic was, well, if you're going to lose one, might as well lose to a, a good SEC East team. I mean, it just looking at that exercise, you can pick any team and just go through the exercise. Okay, what about the best team in in the league, Alabama? What if you look at them? What are their non-conferences right now? Four of them: Miami, Mercer, <laughs> Mercy in Week Two. Southern Miss in week four, and New Mexico State in the smack dab middle of November. That's Alabama's four non-conference. So if I want to do the exercise with them, we're going to leave Miami, but get Mercer off their schedule and take uh, New Mexico State off their schedule. You lift Mercer and New Mexico State off of Alabama's schedule. Replace them with... Now, and I'm not just going to say Georgia, Florida, okay? Because they already play Florida. Replace, I mean, pick them. Replace uh, the Mercer game in week two with a game against South Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina. Then, middle of November, the week after they play LSU, they're hosting New Mexico State. It's a heel up game, right? Because the SEC can do what it wants to. But instead of New Mexico State, now say that they're playing, I don't know, Vanderbilt. But wait a minute. Vandy, why are you giving Alabama? I'm just giving you the point. The week after they play LSU, would you rather flip through and browse Alabama versus Vandy? Would an Alabama fan rather buy it the week after playing LSU? Would an Alabama fan rather buy a ticket to Alabama Vandy instead of Alabama New Mexico State? Yeah, that's the whole point. Missouri. I mean, put so, I don't know. I thought about I started glancing. What it was is I downloaded a copy of the helmet schedule. Y'all have one of those? <laughs> Where, you know, it's like your favorite schedule every year because it's got the little helmets with their logos lined up, you know, in columns, the dates of the season, in rows, the teams. And they've got them at Eastern Western Division. I was just glancing at the helmet schedule looking, going, Vandy's playing. Stanford and UConn. 
in Colorado State and East Tennessee State. Listen, <laughs> four of the first five weeks of the season for like Vanderbilt are out of conference. And they go East Tennessee State, Colorado State, Stanford, and UConn. Well, and I know this is Vandy's schedule we're talking about, but if you're a Vanderbilt fan, I mean, wouldn't you rather start the season against, I don't know, Arkansas at home in Nashville instead of East Tennessee State? You're spending your money on a ticket. It's better for Vanderbilt's schedule anyway. It's better for the league. It's better for everybody. It's better for TV. It's better for the players. I believe I could back that one up, that it's better for the players. And it's an extreme example because this exercise is asking you take away two non-conference games from your team, replace them with two conference games. Who's it going to be? And 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 I don't find anybody yet in all the comments in the live stream, all these text messages, I hadn't heard anybody yet go, well, this is a bad idea. I would never do that. No, everybody's actually like, oh, I'll play. I like that idea. <laughs> I may be crazy, but I think that's what we're headed towards. And if you went just one game, we'll take one and replace with one conference. Well, now you're at nine conference games. I don't know how you make the home and away work, but maybe they can figure that out. I'm going to come to your answers. Ronnie, Denzel, Jeremy, Chris, Dirtbag, Delta Tide fan. Everybody on the live stream, Danny and Sven. Come to y'all's comments next. As we continue this subject, stick around. Now's the time to get a great deal on Kubota construction equipment featuring durable Kubota engines, more comfort, more productivity. After these messages, we'll be right back. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code Matt Wyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent, or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with a slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. Is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. 
and they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. Cspire customer inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, that we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, this is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now. Online at the zone1059.com. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9, the zone. Yeah, Danny just went a little step, uh, you know, a step or two farther. He said, "What's the feasibility of just playing a twelve-game season in conference? No out-of-conference games. <laughs> feasibility? Well, I mean, down to the letter. Well, you could definitely do it, <laughs> but they don't want to do that. I'm sure. You know, last year you had ten. Everybody seemed to enjoy it, though. I mean, it's a conference game every week. Um, sure, coaches didn't love it as much." Because let's be honest, you do four non-conference games, there are some breathers on every SEC schedule. There just are. Where it's glorified scrimmages, you know you're going to win. It's just a matter of how much and who you're going to play and how well are they going to play. Everybody's got one. You start adding more SEC games and there are fewer breathers. But I just see a landscape, and, and I'm sure there are those who would argue against it and, and probably with a lot of logic and practicality, and I'm talking about maybe coaches and ADs and others who would argue against doing it, and they will now, when you bring the subject up, look you in the eye and go, look, you know, there's the NFL up here, there's college football down here. Well, somewhere in the middle is the SEC, okay? And we're playing eight games, it's tough enough in our league. Okay, playing eight games in the SEC is about like playing nine or ten in some other conference. I don't argue with that one bit, not one bit. I just see this whole landscape shifting towards 
you know, needing a balance of the scales, so to speak, for fans. Players are going to make more money, and it's going to increase every year. Coaches have been making more money. It increases every year. So we talk about breathers for teams and players and coaches. Why do they need those? Why does a guy making $7 million to be a head football coach need a breather? Okay? You got people out here going, hey, I got my hand up right here. Uh, just a minute. I make $75,000 a year. I don't have any breathers in my life. You understand that? <laughs> that guy making $7 million, who cares if he has a breather or not? Okay, I get it, see? And so these people out here with their hand up making seventy-five dollars or $100,000 or $175,000 a year <laughs> with no breathers, <laughs> working seven days a week effectively. <clears throat> and then what? Are we supposed to buy tickets? To what? Well, sir, we would like for you to buy a season ticket package that includes Alabama versus Mercer and Alabama versus New Mexico State. Mm -hmm. What comes with it? That'd be my next question. What comes with that ticket? Dinner? Free tank of gas? <laughs> a free night stay at the Bama Inn? Because if not, read my lips. No. <laughs> I got Hulu, man. I don't need to be there. And that's the other problem. <clears throat> Something's going to have to balance it out. And I think they know that. And so I think they know that more SEC games are at least a, a more frequent rotation, protecting the home games. And look, I'll be honest with you. I understand that Mercer needs the paycheck from Alabama. Mercer needs it. They need it. I get it. But go right on back to, you know, where's the where does all the, the all the money that Alabama or any other school has to hand over to those opponents for those games? Where's it coming from in the first place? Yep. Fans, tickets, TV deals, revenue, everything else. Student body increases. Who are they? Fans. Paying tuition. Yep. Yep. So you got to balance this thing somehow. And I think it's a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Okay. Uh, country Please and Text Line. Ronnie wants to replace a couple of non-conferences with Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Makes sense. <laughs> Vandy's already on state schedule and Ole Misses, so we got to pick somebody else. Denzel said, take Memphis and Tennessee Tech off of state schedule. Give me a road trip to Florida and a home game with South Carolina. I mean, you talk about you talk about upping the ante, the week-to-week -week intensity, even the build-up to the whole season, making that schedule change, Denzel. And I'm telling you, passions go up, and, and the whole thing rises. And people are going, people on that side of it, I get it. A lot of coaches, a lot of ADs and all, they are judged by wins and losses and getting to bowl games. Well, look, it's not 1998 anymore. Okay? In 98, there were a grand total of 16 bowl games. I was on a team at State one year, 97. You played an 11-game regular season, and we won seven of them. We went seven and four and stayed home. Guess what? There weren't enough bowl games to go to. They didn't want us. You didn't earn. 
a bowl game because there are only 16 of them. Now there's not 16. There's almost 60. We go, are we really checking that off as a checkbox? Every year is, is going to a bowl? Heck, man, there's a lot of years we can win five and go to a bowl because they don't have enough teams. If we're just talking about the practice time, Jeremy says, Missouri is pretty, but that stadium is Bush League. It is. He says, maybe my opinion was blurred by the downpour we sat through in that game. They have done some stadium improvements since then, Jeremy. I haven't seen them in person. But you're right. I was not impressed with the stadium. It was big. I mean, it sat, what, over 70,000 people there? But it was weird. But I like the town. like the area. <clears throat> Chris from Macon said, that it was a female ref who made that bad call that you were talking about in the uh, Indianapolis game. I'll go back and watch. It's one of the preseason games I didn't go back and watch, honestly. Dirtbag was listening to that call, and he said, I couldn't agree with Chris Moore. Football officials stink. They refuse to correct themselves. <laughs> he says they need to take a page from college baseball officials or you know, umpires. I can't think of an example of them getting it wrong. Uh, Delta Tide fan says, if you want to replace Mercer in New Mexico State with somebody, replace them with Stanford and the Cal Golden Bears. You stand a better chance of watching the million-dollar band get tackled in the end zone in that game. (laughs) Interesting thought. What I was saying, Delta Tide fan, it wasn't about putting teams on Alabama's schedule that you know are automatically going to even things out with them. That's not the point. Okay, the point is the interest. Okay, and just like I said, I, I want an extreme example there. But go like if you're an Alabama fan, and let's okay, and, and let's look at let's inject some reality into it, Delta Tide fan. A huge portion of Alabama's stadium at all seven of its home games right now, they are new people every game. Here's what I mean by that: what was it? they got a hundred thousand people in their stadium in Tuscaloosa for a home game. What? 20,000 of them go to all seven? Okay, so, I mean, another sixty to 70,000 people are new each week. That's how many people are buying one ticket to one game or going to one game. Right? So, with those people who are going to go to one game, Alabama has more of the one-game fans than anybody. Understandably, their ticket's... You know, a hot item in the state. They're so popular. Well, would the one-game fan rather buy a ticket to one game to watch Alabama play New Mexico State or to watch Alabama play Vanderbilt? Well, there's the answer is obvious. There's no question which one the fan would rather have. Flowtown Ghost. He goes, so are Maine and Jacksonville State both considered breathers? <laughs> Probably were. When the schedules were made back then, yeah, you never know. But that's the thing about it. That's the thing about it. Sometimes you don't have a good team. Sometimes you're not ready to play. Well, go out and test it against your own conference. Don't go out here and test it against Jacksonville State. You just made their media guide for the next decade. And wrote them a check for a million and a half. That makes no sense. Unless you're a charity. Hog Jowl texts the show. 
Big Arkansas fan says, I would love playing against other conference games, but when the SEC keeps putting the Hogs against all the power teams, three years in a row we've had the number one hardest schedule. Last year, Georgia and Florida added. This year, Georgia again. I would love to get a Vandy or a South Carolina. Yeah, Arkansas is an example of a team that has not had the benefit of the schedule. That's for sure. Okay, and and to their credit, they got Texas on the non-conference this year. But who are the non-conferences? Okay, um, Hogs out. Rice, automatic win. Texas, eh, I mean, competitive for sure. Georgia Southern, going to beat them. And University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, automatic win. And what I'm saying is, we go, well, it's tough, okay, because they got Georgia on the schedule. Well, you know, we can talk about how tough it is, but you're in the SEC West. Okay? Put Georgia on there. Put Florida on there. The year after that, put Tennessee on there. The year after that, put South Carolina on there. I mean, last year was COVID. I get it. They had to figure something out. But it doesn't matter who you put on there. Schedule's tough. You're playing the West. And as an Arkansas fan, from a TV perspective, everything else, we're going to grow this from a rotation perspective. You know, get Rice and Arkansas Pine Bluff off your schedule and put South Carolina on there. Put Vandy on there. Add them. And everybody's better for it. That's what I think. All right. Rolling along here. We come back. We'll do the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. It's a team you know. It's a team you know. Stick around. Now's the time to get it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Arrive today. Jeans do come true. Thank you, Blue Delta. Yeah, jeans do come true. That's what the bag says. Blue Delta jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you. And only you, raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, my hometown. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit. Design a jean. And before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code MattWyatt, all lowercase. Again, that's if you listen to me. You can use discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase, and at checkout, you're going to get a 10% discount off your order. So I just went online, ordered them, uh, BlueDeltaJeans.com. A couple weeks ago, went in. I didn't go get measured. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions, and here they are at my doorstep a couple weeks later. Nice. Yeah, Blue Delta. happy. (laughs) I've known the Blue Delta team for years and I'm thrilled to have these guys on as a sponsor of this show. Blue Delta's virtual tailor is a fun and easy way to get yourself into the best fitting pair of jeans you're ever going to own. But you never thought you'd get a butt shot out of me, huh? How about that? Just answer the questions and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions. It's amazing how they do it. They will fit perfectly. You're not going to find better material and better feeling pants, period, 
anywhere, BlueDeltaJeans.com. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. I promise you that. And I know that you are going to love them too. Make sure you use the code. And remember, jeans do come true. After these messages, we'll be right back. Let me tell you about an ice cream can't be beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, meadow, meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beechnut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific... Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here, right now. Online at 1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. All right, back with you, rolling along here on this Tuesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team over here on the text line, the Country Pleasing Sausage text line, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Mansplain sent me a picture he says, Matt, I know you are a connoisseur of country eating. I've been putting mayo on my peas for 50 years, but I just tried spicy mayonnaise. Boy, howdy, is it good. So help me out here, Mansplain. I'm looking at a plate. I see a sweet potato. It looks like just a baked sweet potato. Or is it roasted? It's just a, it's a sweet potato, whole thing. <laughs> Some black-eyed peas that you put spicy mustard in. What is that protein up there to the left? Is that meatloaf? Okay, not spicy mustard. Spicy mayonnaise. In the peas. The man's been putting mayonnaise in his his black-eyed peas, purple hull peas, for years, he says. For 50 years, in fact. My daddy used to do that. Have you ever tried it, Bill? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good, actually. It's hard to mess up peas, let's be honest. Yeah, it really is. Hey, what is that other stuff that people put in peas? Uh, what do they call it? Chow chow? Chow chow. You ever heard of that? Yeah. It's kind of like a, I don't know what you, like, what do you call, what would you classify that as? It's like a, like a relish or a, sort of, yeah. almost like, like a, a consistency of a relish anyway. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Make the tongue slap your hat off. Good. Well, I tell you what, Mansplain. Everything on that plate looks so good, I believe I'd try it. Spicy mayonnaise in peas. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Mike on the YouTube live stream is with you. He says he's been using mayonnaise and beans for over 60 years. He's older than you. Yeah, Will, Will agreed. It's kind of like a relish. Chow-chow. Put it in your peas. Eat it up. Eat it up and shut up. That's what they say, right? 
<laughs> Eat up and shut up. Uh, Jimmy said, speaking of scheduling, Mississippi State for the next six years has home and away games with Arizona, Arizona State, and Minnesota. Yeah, you know, they do. They've had to schedule those things on out, way on out, because, you know, years ago, I think it was back when Mike Slive was still the commissioner of the SEC, they put in the mandate that everybody had to schedule at least one Power Five non-conference football game every year. Or Notre Dame or BYU and Independent, that would suffice also. Um, I think that started back when Slive was still there as a commissioner. So they went in and everybody started scheduling these things way on out. Seems like NC State, isn't there a return trip to NC State somewhere in there also? I may be wrong about that. But that's another thing I wondered about, Jimmy, when I – you know, got a hold of that information back in the spring that within the next five years you're going to see a different scheduling model. And I wondered, okay, what if there are what if there are non-conference games way out there that need to be moved or bought out or something like? What are how do you get all of that pulled off in time to have a complete schedule where the whole league has it handled? Yeah, so interesting stuff. Tell you something else to find interesting is the countdown of a hundred teams. One hundred teams. One hundred teams in one hundred days. Today we are eighteen days away from Saturday, September the fourth. Good gravy, Marie. Eighteen days away, and team number eighteen on the countdown of a hundred teams from the SEC is Fight for LSU, LSU. purple and gold. Listen, every LSU fan currently, they need to like send in donations to the family members of their ancestors of the people responsible for the decision to choose purple and gold as their colors cuz let me just tell you those uniforms are fantastic. The only thing about LSU uniforms, why does the baseball team, like half their team, the hats are blue and half the team, they're purple? Have you ever noticed that about the LSU baseball team? All right, so Ed Ogeron going into his sixth year as the head coach. He's, what is he, 45 and 14? That ain't bad, is it? He's 45 and 14 at LSU. Went 5 and 5 last year, the year after winning the national championship, thanks to Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and all them cats, and they're not there anymore. So they went 5 and 5 last year after uh, Dave Aranda, after the national title, left to go to Baylor. They brought in Pelini last year. He's now gone. Now they got somebody else. Anyway, nine starters back on defense, nine on offense. But. One of those nine, I believe they were counting Miles Brennan, but he's not available for them. They're going to play, have to play Max Johnson. Brennan got hurt 
falling off a boat or getting ready to go fishing, some type of fishing deal. And uh, he's got a broken bone, so he's not going to play for him this year. We kind of covered that. Uh, LSU last year, okay, so just to kind of recap how their season went, they started the year 2-2. Two and two. You remember State beat them by 10 to start the season in Baton Rouge. They turned around and beat Vanderbilt by 34 points, 41-7. to seven. Then went to Missouri and lost 45-41 in week three. Came back home, started a new quarterback in T.J. Finley because Miles Brennan got hurt after the third game. Finley played great, and they beat South Carolina 52-24. to And then they only won three games the rest of the way, went 3-3 three and three on their way out. Losses in the back half of the season at Auburn, at Texas A&M, and against Alabama at home. That Auburn loss was ugly, 48-11 to at Auburn. Their wins were by three at Arkansas. By three at Florida, that was Max Johnson's coming out party. And then uh, beat Ole Miss the last game of the year, 53-48. to High-scoring deal there. Did they play a bowl game? No, they opted out, didn't play a bowl game, right? Well, not opted out. They, we forget, they self-imposed a bowl ban for last year. Remember that? Because of the NCAA stuff. So Max Johnson is going to be their quarterback. Freshman last year. Played in a few games, went 58%, 1,069 yards, eight touchdowns, one pick. Top two running backs from last year's team are back, Davis Price and Emery. Uh, Eric Gilbert, the all-star tight end, you know, who played for him last year as a true freshman. I say all-star, all-time recruit tight end, transferred out. He's at Georgia now. And they lost uh, Jacoby Stevens and Jabril Cox, two of their top three tacklers off last year's team. Coaching change on that side of the ball. We know they're super talented, but going to play a second-year quarterback, much like Mississippi State is. And so, I don't know. I mean, they've got them, AP's got them ranked highly in the preseason. Uh, Their first game is in 18 days at UCLA. I guess it's in the Rose Bowl. They'll open up in the Rose Bowl at UCLA. Weeks two and three for LSU, they'll host McNeese State and then Central Michigan and then go to Starkville at the end of September at Mississippi State on September 25th. One month later, at the end of October, October 23rd, they go to Ole Miss. They'll get an open date before going to Alabama at the beginning of November. Uh, So it's just a peek at their schedule and some of their numbers. Bill, what'd you you find on LSU? Well, it's some famous alumni, of course. Shaquille O'Neal, the man who never turned down a commercial. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Pistol Pete Pete Maravich, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanne Woodward went to school there. She was married to Paul Newman also. She was an actress. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr., Jamarcus Russell, Joe Burrow, Alex Bregman, Ben Simmons of the 76ers, Jarvis Landry, Glenn Davis of the Celtics, Y.A. Tittle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kevin Falk, Joey Gallo, uh, Trevor Story, Mike Bianco, uh, Taran Matthew, he needed the – the Badger. Oh, yeah. Honey Badger. Yeah. Honey Badger. Uh, DJ Lemieux and Leonard Fournette. And, uh, well, maybe you'll be able to figure out who this is. I'm not sure. But... What? I know I know you know the song, right? I know the song. Can you figure out why I'm playing it? I mean, Sylvester Stallone didn't go to LSU, no. did he? No, but the man who wrote the song, Bill Conti, did. Oh, really? Wow. 
I had no earthly idea. That is cool trivia right there. What do we call that song, I wonder? It's Rocky. The theme from Rocky, Gonna Fly Now. Gonna Fly Now. Okay. Written by an LSU grad. Yep. He also wrote a few other big songs, too. Yeah. That's pretty I cool. I don't have time to list them all. Yeah, sure. No, that's... He's, a, he's a big theme song guy. That really is cool. Here they come. <laughs> he's running up the steps. Yeah, I just got a reminder that um, Kaylee Hartung, she's a LSU alum. You know, she started out on the SEC Network and then worked her way up to. Well, how much she? Yeah, I don't always, always have all of them. You know, yeah, I'm just trying to. Many. Somebody text me. I'm trying to think yeah. of. You know, Booger McFarland, who played. Yeah, um, yeah pretty cool. Ben McDonald. Yeah, Ben McDonald, of course. That's right. Good old LSU. We'll get a face full of them this year. If you turn it on to the SEC network, they're either talking about them or Alabama. You can bet your bottom dollar that's the case. All right, that'll wrap up Hour 1. I have a lot of text to get to, and we will. Delta Tide fan, Jason and Scott and Jackson and Patrick and a bunch of y'all. Lots of comments as well on the live stream. So all of that coming up in Hour number 2. Just keep it right here. We'll be right back. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent, or visit us online. Go with the home team. After these messages, we'll be right back. We are about to have a fire and cook some sausage. A country pleasing sausage is outstanding. Whether you cook it over a fire or in the house, cook some of this right here. It's green onion flavor. You see that? But this right here is my favorite the maple flavor. And this is great for breakfast. It's awesome cooking it in the house because it makes the whole house smell good. Oh yeah. Let's eat Country Pleasing Sausage, the best, hands down. If you go to countrypleasing.com, you can actually order this and deliver it to your house. Country Pleasing Sausage, hands down, the best. Trust me. Divinity Equipment, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, Highway 51 in Madison. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period. The number one network. 
and they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max, got it at C Spire, went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out, okay? And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. Cspire customer inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit bluedeltajeans.com. Find your fit, design a jean, and before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase. Uh, BlueDeltaJeans.com. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions, and here they are. Nice. Yeah, Blue Delta. Just answered the questions, and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, BlueDeltaJeans.com, answer the questions, use this code, use the code, you're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn, and I know that you are going to love them too. WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. All right, here we go. Hour two of the show off and running. Welcome into the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. I'm Matt. Bill is here. We're just glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in, however you got here. If you're on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, elsewhere, hey to y'all on the text line, the Country Pleasing Sausage text line, and feel free to give me a call. We'd love to hear your voice today on the Divinity phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison & Jackson, 995-1059, 601-995-1059. There is some breaking news today. I don't think it's a surprise. Everybody kind of, you know, had a, a feeling what was up with this, but you're just waiting on some confirmation. It's, you know, injury stuff you normally don't get confirmed from a Mike Leach football team. They don't talk about it, confirm it. But you got a report that's popped up out here from Matt Zenitz, who used to be with AL.com. He's now with On3.com, a new football website, recruiting database. They just launched it, building it, that kind of thing. And anyway, Zenitz... Uh, tweeted it that he had a source telling him that Mississippi State defensive lineman Jordan Davis had torn his ACL in the scrimmage on Saturday and is out for the year. I uh, was at the scrimmage, of course, saw that. I didn't see, I wasn't watching him when it happened. I was watching the play, watching something else, ball goes a different way or whatever, and then after the play you see Jordan there being attended to. He's on the ground. And he was hurting and being attended to and uh, wasn't able to finish the scrimmage and wasn't able, he did not walk off. Okay, so it didn't look good, one of those things. But then you, you know, just wait on either confirmation or somebody to report it that gets confirmation. And so he's reporting it torn ACL. All right. Jordan Davis, 
Uh, he's from Memphis, the Southwind High School in Memphis. Big, tall guy, 6'4", you know, 260-ish, something like that. Kind of outside linebacker slash defensive end, pass rusher, player. War number six, wears number six. And he was really having a good fall camp for Mississippi State. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, frankly, was going to be a starter. He had 22 tackles in nine games. I thought he had one of his better games affecting some plays last year against um, LSU in the season opener. If you remember, there was a play there where Miles Brennan, the LSU quarterback, got his arm hit. This is in the first game last year against State. Got his arm kind of hit, his elbow kind of hit as he was throwing the ball. It came out shallow, and Ferge, Asaias Ferge, Asias Ferge, the corner, picked it off. And he picked it off because he let the receiver go. He stayed underneath. They were going to throw a touchdown over his head because the safety had not come over. Brennan saw it, was letting it go. But because Davis was hustling on the pass rush, getting blocked, and just lunged and got a hand on the arm of the quarterback, it caused it to be underthrown in an interception. I thought he had one of his better games then. But uh, I thought he was certainly set up to have a big year this year. So if he's out, um, people have to step up. So who is it? you got Randy Charlton. Who they trans who transferred in from UCF, already in the mix and rotation and scheduled to play a lot of snaps and stuff, but maybe his rotation and snaps go up a little bit now. Uh, also, the way they rotate the defensive front for state, you you have Jaden Crumity, who sort of listed and seen as a defensive tackle, and he's in there with Cameron Young and Pickering, and. At defensive tackle, but it's a three-man front. So, you know, when you're in a true nose with a couple of other guys, you you're not always. Well, put it this way: only one of those. You got three of them who need to play a lot. And you only got one who can be in a game, depending on what your package is. So, if you put Cameron Young in there, who's kind of a leader of that group now, Pickering is looking good at practice. You're rotating them at tackle. Pick uh, Crumity can go in there at nose some and play in the middle. But he can play the pass rush position as well and play on the edge some too. So maybe his role shifts out there a little bit. And then you have some other players, uh, Jack Harris, who's what coming into a sophomore year, who's put on weight and is having a good camp. So injuries happen, and that's the first one of fall camp for Mississippi State. It's on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so just wanted to pass that along. Being reported officially, being reported by Matt Zenitz, of on3.com. Got it? Got it. Now, back over to the text line, Country Pleasing Sausage text line. Delta Tide fan texted, he said, the 1982 Stanford-Cal Golden Bears game, probably the only time you'll ever see a trombone player get inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> Thank you. And he brought me some coffee and some uh, something to eat. Thank you. I'm a happy man. I'm a lucky man. That's what I am. Jason in Flagstaff. I thought about you a second ago. I'm going to read your text and then tell you why I thought about you. He texted and said, since almost all of the Power 5 teams are rolling in TV money and play at least two Mercers a year, why isn't there some kind of a profit-sharing thing? Give the small divisions a few bucks, but replace those games with legitimate opponents that could further enhance profits for Power 5 teams. Win-win. Yeah, um, it's true. You know, what I would say, Jason, is we talk about attractiveness of the schedule. Just look at it from a numbers thing. Right now you're playing a 12-game schedule. 
if 10 of those were conference games for the SEC, you only have two non-conference slots, well, tell the schools, schedule whoever you want in the non-conference. You want to schedule Mercer? Schedule them. It's only two a year. You want to have two home games that aren't as attractive? Fine. Now, if you also only have two non-conference and you want to go schedule UCLA in a Rose Bowl, go ahead. You want to schedule, you know, Penn State at, at you know at State College, go to their place, schedule it. Fine, it's up to you. You can do what you want. But if you also want to schedule, you know, Southern Miss, give them a two million dollar check, and you want to schedule Mercer, feel free, do it. It's up to you. It's your two non-conferences. And take away this mandate that you must schedule a Power 5 non-conference. See, I still think that's better across the whole span of the whole schedule for TV and fans and, and the whole product. Here's why I thought about you, Jason. Saw this a second ago on Twitter. Man. All right. Jay Norvell is the head football coach at the University of Nevada. He's a good coach, by the way. Hal Mummy's son is coaching his offense. Jay Norvell, head football coach, University of Nevada. And he just tweeted an hour ago, we are taking Nevada football on the road to Stanford to finish training camp. The air quality in Reno won't allow us to practice outside. The Dixie Fire of over 570,000 acres is causing historically poor air quality in our region Stay safe. Hashtag Nevada Grit. And uh, he, he had a picture right there. And it's, you know, what would normally be a, just a gorgeous scene. You know, he's basically on a mountain road in between two uh, ridges. And you see these evergreen fir trees all over the place, but you can barely see them. It's so smoky out there in the air. You can barely even see it. So the air quality is so bad in Reno, Nevada that they cannot practice outside, so they're going to Stanford to finish. How about that? Thought about you there. Yeah, we're talking about Chow Chow earlier. Scott Stacy, Scott said it's like a pepper sauce. That's that's about right. Put it on peas. and Don't they put it on other stuff, too? <clears throat> put it on anything. Get you a spoon and eat it. <laughs> uh, Jackson Mailman texted and said, I would like to change the schedule. To have a home and away game with State and Ole Miss like they do in basketball. Hmm. Alabama and Auburn, home and away. Play them in, play one in each stadium every year. <laughs> Man. The mailman, you talk about outside the box. Now that's something we didn't that's something that's never crossed my mind regarding this schedule stuff. Play each other twice in the same year. Once in your stadium, once in ours. How about that? I didn't even think about that. What did Patrick say? Okay, Patrick, this was my we had LSU on the countdown of a hundred teams. They're team number eighteen. I said, Have you ever I was I was talking about how great their colors are, purple and gold, and they should forever be indebted to the people that picked those colors out for them. They are so noticeable, marketable, look good, uniforms. But Baseball team. How come the LSU baseball team every year, half their players, their hats are blue, the other half are purple? Like it's not they don't have the same color. 
Patrick's explanation was that the hats get worn out. He said, you can tell who sweats and who doesn't by the color of their hat. And, and maybe that's it, right? Or, or maybe they've washed them to get them to fit and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. All right. And then Bill and Madison sent me a, a story here. He said, Matt, you're a baseball guy like me. I thought you'd like this. Okay. And what he sent me, it says that on this day in 1957, August 17, 1957, Philadelphia Phillies star outfielder Richie Ashburn hit the same fan twice with foul balls in the same at bat. <laughs> They're playing against the New York Giants at Connie Mack Stadium. The first foul ball broke the woman's nose. After a brief delay for medical staff to attend to the lady, Ashburn lined the next pitch foul, hitting a woman as she was being carried off on a stretcher. <laughs> that ball broke a bone in her leg. The woman's name was Alice Roth. She was the wife of a Philadelphia Bulletin sports editor, Earl Roth. Good night. That's some Roy Hobbs to it right there. Remember when Roy Hobbs was trying to come back from that injury in the natural? And he snuck out for like a midnight batting practice to make sure he could get a few swings in before the big series. And he got Diz, the equipment manager, to throw BP to him, turn the lights on in the stadium. They weren't supposed to be out there. And sneaking out there, you know, he's still hurting from his hospital visit. And he looks up Max Mercy, the reporter, has snuck into the stadium and is up there going to take his picture for the newspaper. And he said, throw one in here, or he picked up a ball or whatever. I thought he fouled one off on purpose. Right at him, hits the camera, breaks it in the natural. Like an intentional beaning via foul ball. You know how much bat control you'd have to have to be able to pull that off? Well, look, let's be honest. Roy Hobbs could do it. Somebody texted and said, Matt, have you been at all the practices? Where are they lining up Brad Cumbus? I went to... <clears throat> five of the first six practices, or was it six of the first seven? It's one of those. Basically, the first week I went to all of them, including the scrimmage, and I haven't seen Brad out there. That's just me. Um, Jason in Flagstaff, he says, yep, depending on the wind, the fires in California and in the Pacific Northwest are definitely showing up around here. The moon was pink last night and couldn't see the mountains three miles away this morning. Now, in regards to Jordan Davis's injury for Mississippi State, Anthony commented on YouTube, and he said, DeMonte Russell may move in that spot for Davis. And, yeah, if he's, if he's healthy, he's going to play. They have – there's depth there is what I'm telling you. I mean, it was just that Davis was in the front line of that. A former junior college player at Colin. He's listed as a senior, okay? But last year, 2020 – would have been his junior year. Well, that year doesn't count against anybody's eligibility as far as the NCAA is concerned. So on the roster, Jordan Davis is listed as a senior, but in true eligibility, he is a junior if he chose to use all of it, which means that... Do I have that right? Yeah, which means that he can... He would still have eligibility left if he wanted to come back and play after this injury to prove himself for the NFL, even without using some kind of red shirt. Okay, so, you know, he's got some time left. It's not like this is the end of the road for him as far as playing college football goes. He's got a little, he's got a little room there in the eligibility chart to play with. And so hopefully 
you know, he can heal up and feel like coming back and play. That's what I hope for him because he was, he was breathing some fire out there at practice now. I'm just telling you. That guy was ready to go for sure. All right. I have some NFL things I want to put in your lap. By the way, if you're tuning in here, you know, normally we're a three-hour show up until 3 p.m. today. I'll be on with you until 2. We'll not have the third hour today. Back to the third hour show tomorrow like normal. There is more Dak talk in the NFL, and rightfully so. The talk is this. Dak's latest, you know, next MRI that he got shows that the shoulder is healing like it's supposed to. That's good. He's beginning to practice. He's beginning to throw. They feel like they're on track to get him ready to go and make sure he's ready to play in week one of the season, uh, second week of September against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the question is, do you think – Dak Prescott will play a preseason game. Well, Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, here's what you need to know, Chris and all you Cowboys fans. What they have said is either he plays this week in a preseason game against the Texans or he doesn't play at all in the preseason. In other words, that last preseason game leading up to the first one, ain't no way he's playing in that one. Not happening. So either he goes and takes some snaps in the ball game this week, or you will not see him in a preseason game, and it'll only be running him out there for the first game of the year against Tampa, assuming he's healthy. And then the question then begins, number one, is he ready to play in a preseason game? And number two, if he is, why wouldn't you? All right, first up, Mike McCarthy, head coach. I mean, the biggest thing really is to stay on course uh, with his work. Uh, You know, it's... It's a you know plan of caution. I, I you know I, I'm trying to come up with new words here, but I mean it's the same plan that uh, coming out of this. It's you know when, when he was shut down, you have to build up his volume of throws again. So uh, we, we just really don't want to put him in a position where we can we can re-injure it. Okay, you don't want to put him in a position to re-injure it. Doesn't sound like they're planning on playing him in the preseason. A lot of people have said that. I've heard former NFL players say that under no circumstance should he play in a preseason game. Ed Werder has covered the. NFL for a long, long time. He put a different paint job on it. Tom Brady needed preseason snaps even after winning his seventh Super Bowl, but Dak Prescott doesn't need to play in a game, even though you know he hasn't faced a live pass rush, he hasn't taken a hit since he got injured October 11th. I mean, the other starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, also played in the preseason the other night. So I think Dak's going to make a very strong push against the Cowboys front office. It seems reluctant to expose him to any risk this preseason. I think he's going to want to play in that game on Saturday night. We all saw how upset he was on hard knocks after the first day of practice when Mike McCarthy felt like they overused him and they cut back his reps the following day. We all saw how angry he was about that. So I can't imagine telling Dak Prescott, you're not playing in the preseason. You're not facing live action until you're up against one of the best defenses in football on opening night. Look, the guy makes a very strong point. And it's kind of three... Threefold, twofold, however you want to look at it. But number one, guys like Tom Brady feel like they need snaps in the preseason. Number two, if you know Dak, just watch Hard Knocks episode one. You understand how angry he was that they took him out of practice or didn't even want him out there or started cutting his reps down. So it you know leads you to believe that he wants to be in there 
NFL insider Dan Graziano. This is good. If he's back on the practice field and he's throwing uh, like he normally would, and if he has a chance to play in this week's preseason game, which I understand they haven't ruled out, then that's all positive news because, again, this time last week, well, what's going on with Dak? Why is there a second MRI? Is there something more than meets the eye here? So they've been encouraged all along and not worried all along. If he's back out there practicing like he normally would be, then it turns out it seems like they might be right. Okay, so, and what is the schedule again? So, Cowboys have the Texans this week in the preseason. Isn't that who it is? Preseason week two. Yeah, they're hosting the Texans on Saturday night at 6. Chiefs are in Arizona in the preseason this week. The Chiefs will actually play Friday night. The Thursday night preseason game is Patriots-Eagles, if you're interested in that. And uh, Saints play a Monday night preseason game. They're going to host the Jaguars on Monday night. It'll be on ESPN again, preseason game. So Saints will be in primetime Monday night preseason hosting Gardner Minshew, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who cut Tim Tebow more on that in a bit. Uh, Denzel, country pleasing text line says, Matt, what is your take on this? Say your leader or captain is hurt on the football team. He's standing on the sideline during the game. Instead of talking to your teammates, helping your teammates, telling them what you see, building them up, etc., you are standing there with a towel over your head, not associating with your team at all. What does that say about a leader of a team? Hmm. Well, you know, you know, you initially look at it and go, yeah, I mean, okay, if you're the leader of the team, even if you're not in, you're on the sideline, you ought to almost then go into coach mode, support mode, whatever, you know, be locked in, plugged into what's going on. And I, I understand that, and I generally kind of like, I generally kind of think along those lines. But I will tell you, Denzel, I can also understand that if, Depending on the dynamic and the personalities with coaches and players, there can also be a thing of, okay, look, this is the, this is, if we're talking preseason, if that's what you're talking about, okay, this is preseason. And I'm going, they're, not only are you trying to accomplish some things as players and coaches, but they're also trying to see how everybody reacts to everything. Maybe I need to stay away, just stay out of the equation and let them do their thing in this particular preseason game. Let coaches coach. I'm not there. The quarterbacks who are there and going to be in the game, I'm going to, I'm a, I'm away from them, not even a part of the equation. Just let it be their thing. I can sort of understand that too. So I know that's a nuanced answer, which is that doesn't work well in hot take media. Slash radio culture, I get that, but that's how I really feel about it. I need to know who the individuals are and what the situation is to know, is that the right move or the wrong move? I hope that's a fair answer. All right, so I mentioned the Jaguars cut Tebow, but he's not the only one. A bunch of cuts happen. A bunch more are going to happen. You know that. We'll take a look at who, what, when, and where coming up next. Stick around. There's a lot of noise when it comes to 5G. We're 5G ready. We're 5G-ish. At C Spire, we're not. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
For double enjoyment, reach for Beechnut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beechnut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code Matt Wyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right there's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer. Inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus, we've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, that we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, this is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Better buy, better Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy. Awesome episode for you. 
for you today. And it's streaming right now online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio. On ESPN 105.9. The Zone. And Hey, back with you. My sweet wife, the homecoming queen, brought me some coffee to drink and a granola bar. One of those chewy kind that you can eat in about two bites if you're me. <laughs> it's really good. Really good. So I kind of need a toothpick right now, and you'll just have to excuse the slurping. <laughs> it's one of the big no-nos in radio. You're not supposed to do that like where the people can hear you drinking your coffee or eating your food, but whatever. We're all right. We're not that uptight around here, or at least I'm not anyway. Okay, uh, back to real quick before I get into the NFL cuts that have happened. Uh, Denzel had the question. He said, what's your take on this? He said, your leader or captain is heard on the football team. He's standing on the sideline during the game instead of talking to your teammates, helping your teammates, telling them what you see, building them up. You're standing there with a towel over your head, not associating with your team at all. Uh, he says, what does that say about a leader of the team? And I immediately was trying to think of NFL preseason. Because, <laughs> you know, you said hurt, but I was just thinking either not playing or hurt. And I just, I, in my head, I had a preseason NFL situation pictured, which is not quite as serious. And I was thinking, okay, evaluating young players. I didn't even think about, you know, from a college perspective, but but Denzel said this particular case is a high school player who is a senior, and it happened this past Friday in the first game of the season. Hmm. That's tough. Because, you know, again, I, you know, younger kids, you would think you, you you're locked in. I don't know what kind of injury you're talking about. So if it's a lower body injury, you don't want to be up on it, maybe. See, I got all these ifs, Denzel. I need to know more. <laughs> because, again, okay, even in high school, if it, let me just put it this way, okay, if it were me, because this is my personality, if it were me and I'm a leader on the team and I'm hurt and it's, say, an upper body injury, a shoulder, an elbow, an arm, a neck, back, collarbone, head, then I'm going to be up and running up and down the sideline and, and the coaches are probably going to get tired of me and say, hey, back up. You're not in. Get out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I mean, come on. All right. If it's a leg injury, though, depending on what it is, they might say to you, don't be up running around the sideline on that leg or that hip or whatever the, the case may be, or that knee, you know. Um, which would make it different, so you wouldn't be in and stuff. The other thing is, too, what people sometimes forget is when a person is injured, just because they've already had the injury and they are now in the recovery phase does not mean they aren't in pain. It does not mean they aren't on pain meds. Some people can't handle pain medicine, even when they have to have it. Makes them sick. Get my hand up right here. So there's all kinds of stuff I need to know about it. You're just saying, and Denzel, I'm sorry, you just want a simple opinion on this, and I just will not give you one, will I? I'm really sorry. 
All right. Uh, cuts. Tebow got cut by the Jaguars. And it was a long shot. <clears throat> it really was. The homecoming queen is not a big fan of the move. She is probably not looking at this strictly from a football perspective. <laughs> she has a she has a marketing PR background. You would never cut Tebow if she were. <laughs> and she says they are idiots for cutting Tebow. Well, he he just couldn't play tight end, and it's you know he had some other guys experienced tight ends. He's just up against it. Um, not only position change for him, but the first time to do it. And I'm telling y'all, what clip has made the rounds? You know what I'm talking about. He missed a block. He had he thought he was going to peel back down the line. He's a hip tight end. He's going to peel back down the line as the play goes where he is. He's going backside to pick off the backside, you know, edge defender, and he's going to go low. He's going shoulder into his hip, going to roll him out of there without attacking him up high or diving on his feet or anything like that. And so he dives in on the guy's thigh, and the guy just kind of stepped to the side and just Tebow just missed him. You know, that's what I've tried to say. People think blocking is so easy. People think blocking is the easiest thing in football to do. I got news for you. It's one of the hardest things to do in football. The number one hardest thing to do in football is cover a receiver as a cornerback. The most difficult position is corner. That guy runs really fast and knows where he's going. I have to run faster and to run with him because I don't know where we're going. So that's the hardest thing. But maybe the next most difficult thing in football is blocking a human being. You go, number one, it's difficult enough just to be able to get your body in the right position to be able to contact this other individual at full speed. That takes a lot of practice, just the angles and understanding positioning to get in position, to make contact. Well, then once I make contact, once you catch the tiger by the tail, then what are you going to do with it? And you're like, ah, oh, block him. I can't believe he didn't. Okay. All right, sir. In section 45, row 108, you go down there and try to block that guy because he is a former five-star who runs a 4-6 and, oh, by the way, Weighs 285 pounds. You go get in his way. Block him. It's easy, right? Let me tell you what. 99.9% of us and a whole lot of us playing football. The guy over there could tell us where he's going and we still couldn't block him. It's hard. Okay, so I, I don't have any. I mean, Tebow's never played tight end. Of course he missed a block. He, he's still There are things basic contact rules and blocking that he doesn't understand yet because he hasn't had the reps and he's competing against two other tight ends. They've been playing a position their whole life. So he got cut. It's strictly a football thing. Other names um, that you might recognize who got cut. Uh, see, Browns cut three. I'm looking at AFC South now. We'll go to the Colts. Any of them there, they cut four players. So Jacksonville cut Tebow, the tight end. They also cut receivers Tim Jones, tackle Daniel Ross. Uh, the Titans with five cuts, including a punter. Let's see here. There was a few names on here that you might know. Oh, here's one. The Chiefs cut Antonio Callaway, the former Florida receiver, 
who in the Jim McElwain years was so good, uh, but you know had some off the field problems. You talk about a talented guy, and were it not for the off field stuff, you just have to wonder. The Raiders cut running back Bo Scarborough. Remember him out of Alabama? Ole Miss fans will remember him because they thought they were going to sign Bo Scarborough. Big old bruising physical running back, and he went to Alabama instead. Uh, Cut yesterday by the Raiders. Raiders had to make a bunch of cuts. Cowboys didn't cut anybody right now. Uh, Giants, they cut former Redskins, former Cowboys running back Alfred Morris. He was one of three that got cut. The Eagles, this will be a name that some people around here remember. The Eagles cut tight end Caleb Wilson. What's interesting about that is, you might have to look that up, but remember, uh, Caleb Wilson went to Starkville High School. He's the son of Chris Wilson, who was a defensive line coach and defensive coordinator under Dan Mullen for a couple of years at State. And while they were living in Starkville, Caleb went to Starkville High School, and then they wound up elsewhere. Chris actually wound up, he may still be the defensive line coach for the Eagles. Okay, Caleb went to college at UCLA, had a good college career as a tight end, but just got cut by the Eagles right there. So there's a name you remember. Uh, let's see. Four cuts for the Bears. I don't think you recognize any of those names. <clears throat> uh, we get into the NFC South. I don't think the Saints cut anybody. You had six different players that got cut uh, this time around by the Falcons, including cornerback Marcus Murphy out of Mississippi State. was a safety in college, trying to be a corner for Atlanta. So he's involved in the first round of cuts right there. Uh, Panthers didn't cut anybody. Saints haven't made cuts. Buccaneers cut wide receiver Josh Pearson, a couple of others. Uh, you got NFC West, let's see, 49ers, Seattle. So that's pretty much it. I mean, and some teams did make cuts, uh, some didn't. But as far as names you may know or recognize, that's about it. Uh, I don't see any of the former Mississippi State guys. I looked up the numbers, too. Y'all may find these numbers interesting. Right now, as of today, this is prior to the rosters getting cut down to 53. Right now, as of today, Mississippi State has 38 former players on NFL rosters. Ole Miss has 24 former players on NFL rosters. Southern Miss has 10 former players on NFL rosters as of today. Anthony's asking me on YouTube, he says, uh, did Farad Green make it through this round of cuts with the Colts? He did. He did. And not, I don't see any of those, um, I don't see him listed. The guys for the Colts, that they cut four of them, cornerback uh, Nick Nelson, tight end Graham Adamitis, wide receiver Courtney Davis, running back Darius Anderson. How about that, though? Southern Miss has 10 Former players in the NFL. Ole Miss has 14 more with 24. And State has 14 more than Ole Miss with 38. And we'll see how many of those stick around when things get cut down to 53 here in a couple of weeks. All right. We'll come back and then wrap things up for the day with you. Still a little bit of time left, though, so I hope you stick around. I'm Matt. Stay with me.
Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent, or visit us online. Go with the home team. After these messages, we'll be right back. We are about to have a fire and cook some sausage. A country-pleasing sausage is outstanding. Whether you cook it over a fire or in the house, cook some of this right here. It's green onion flavor. You see that? But this right here is my favorite, the maple flavor. And this is great for breakfast. It's awesome cooking it in the house because it makes the whole house smell good. Oh yeah. Let's eat Country Pleasing Sausage, the best, hands down. If you go to countrypleasing.com, you can actually order this and deliver it to your house. Country Pleasing Sausage. Hands down, the best. Trust me. Divinity Equipment, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, Highway 51 in Madison. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired After these messages, we'll be back. jeans do come true blue delta jeans makes the best fitting most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you let's dive in and see what we have here do what i did visit bluedeltajeans.com find your fit design a jean and before you know it you'll be addicted just for my listeners, enter discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase, uh, bluedeltajeans.com. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions, and here they are. Nice. Yeah, Blue Delta. Just answered the questions, and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions, use this code, Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. And I know that you are going to love them too.
It's back to the Matt Wyatt Show on the 50,000 Watt Sports Powerhouse. ESPN 105.9 The Zone and at thezone1059.com. Back. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I got about 15 minutes or so left with you here today. Just a two hour show today. And I'm going to go to football practice and we'll be back to a three hour show starting tomorrow. Again, Austin commented on YouTube and he says, How do you think Osiris Mitchell will develop within the Cowboys offense? Do you think he'll be a key role player in the offense? I don't, Austin. I mean, he's a free agent who's getting an opportunity in their camp. They've already played now two preseason games because they've got one extra than anybody else, and he's been targeted twice with no catches. So I think right now at this point, you know, it's just get better every rep that you get, and most likely for him it's one of two things. It's probably best-case scenario for him is get on their practice squad and really work hard and impress on their practice squad. If he can get on the practice squad um, and then hang around that way. I would think that's best-case scenario now. Stats aren't everything, but it just kind of shows you in terms of the, the amount of work that he's got ahead of him in order to cut through. He, you can have the greatest practices you want to have, but when you get in these ball games and they can only figure out a way to get you in there and get you one target in one game and throw it at you another and you don't have any catches, it's going to be hard to make a team as a as a free agent. But wish him the best. It's just an honest answer for you right there. Now, I mentioned this, uh, Saints, you're going to host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday night for uh, a primetime preseason game in the Dome. We'll get another look at Saints quarterbacks. The other day they had six turnovers well, as a well, what, as a team. Um, six turnovers as a team, not great. And, what, three picks, one each by all the quarterbacks. But for those that think Ian Book, the fourth-round pick, is going to take over and be their quarterback, you know, you get another look at him, first time in your own place. And then I guess it'll be the first time to experiment for the Saints organization with this new mandate, not mandate, but policy that they have announced, which is if you're coming into the Superdome for a Saints game, you have to either A, prove you're vaccinated, or B, prove you're not positive with COVID. And that's the only way you're getting in there on uh, Monday night. But anyway, you get a look at them. Well, they're going to play Jacksonville. Mike Tannenbaum, former GM of the Jets and and other, uh, he, he worked around the league, and now he's an analyst talking head on ESPN. He says that the Jaguars may want to look at last year's situation with the Bengals and Joe Burrow and use that as a guide for making a decision about possibly sitting Trevor Lawrence this year so you don't get him hurt. Listen to this. Jacksonville's offensive line was really poor. So we're talking about the development of all these young quarterbacks. How about the development of Urban Meyer? Does he learn anything from Zach Taylor a year mm. ago? Puts Joe Burrow in behind a bad offensive line. Myself, Rex Ryan said, hey, Joe Burrow has a really good chance of getting hurt. Tears his ACL. The way Jacksonville's offensive line played, when you look at it, they gave four sacks, eight pressures. Do they either A, start Garden Minshew, mm. I think unlikely, or more fundamentally, guys, do they change their approach? Do they say to Daryl Bevel, Brian Schottenheimer, hey, we have to be balanced because we can't let 
Trevor Lawrence get hurt. And if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm not at Ohio State anymore. I'm not walking down there with five blue chip offensive linemen. What do you think? Look at what happened. Bad offensive line in Cincinnati. Run your number one pick out there, ACL, for Joe Burrow last year. Now he's recovering. What about Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence? And then on top of all that, you got a guy going, are they going to start Gardner Minshew? Unlikely. Well, do you know one of the reasons it's unlikely? It's because, you know, you, you just – I guess what we're looking at a situation where in front offices they're going, well, you've drafted the quarterback number one overall, so there's no question what your plan is. You go out there and you start Minshew this year and say he throws for 4,500 yards, 4,900 yards, 32 touchdowns and, I don't know, six picks. <laughs> say he does that. Then what? Right? And then you trade him. And he comes back and beats you, and everybody says you're crazy. And now you got an issue on your hands and all this kind of stuff. Or here's another scenario. They go unlikely. Well, it's unlikely that you start Gardner Minshew because then it goes poorly, and now he has less of a trade value. I don't know how you play all that out. I just don't see a scenario where anything other than the football part of it, Urban Meyer, what else can he do? Okay, go, oh, we're just going to punt this season. It hadn't even started yet because we don't like our offensive line that great. I just don't buy that one bit. I think Urban Meyer's a football guy and you're a competitor and you're going, who are the best players at all the positions on our team? Let's play those guys and go try to win a game. Period. (laughs) The end. I I think a lot of times we and others, certainly front office guys, overthink it. Dan Graziano, NFL insider ESPN, says, of course, Michael Thomas, star receiver, is with the Saints now and says that this whole relationship issue is fixable. A week ago, we were saying, oh, are they going to have to trade him? Is his relationship with the team broken? And, you know, he had conversations with people in the front office last week that led to, hey, why don't you come meet us? He's, he's rehabbing in Philadelphia, and they're playing in Baltimore, so it wasn't a, a long trip. Come meet us in Baltimore. Stand on the sidelines. You don't have to do any interviews or anything about your situation. Just, you know, hang out with the team. And, and I think that that's a good sign that the relationship is, if not mended, then mendable, right? So... Mm. Uh, and I think going forward, that they expect him to be a part of what they do. Also was told last week that he's ahead of schedule in his rehab. So it's possible they have him sooner than we thought. Okay. So it's possible. Um, Chris from Macon texted the show, Country Please, and text line says he does think that Osiris Mitchell will make the Cowboys practice squad. I really hope he does. The potential is there. You know, so. And, and he would be, you know, you get a 6'5 guy who can run and jump and catch and put him on your practice squad. Um I just think it's a smart move. He's been around. So maybe that'll work out for him. I think you're probably right on that. Over on the Facebook live stream, Roshana had a question. She said, hey, Matt, do you th- what do you think of Tua since he's been in the NFL? You know what I think, Roshana? Like super talented just with all the things a quarterback has to do, throwing, being accurate, arm, make decisions, all that. But I think two things are proving hard for him to overcome. One is – to a certain degree, size. He's not a very big guy. I know there's others who small have made it. Drew Brees is always the example. But the other thing is, there's just something. He doesn't look comfortable to me in anything that is sort of pro style other than the spread, 
spread option RPO stuff that he was so successful in at Alabama under Sarkeesian. Right? Because you're not running a whole lot of spread option RPO screens and quick throws and slants with superior talent, and he's gone to Miami, and you're under center some, you're turning your back on a defense some with fakes, you got to run, you get more pressure, you're doing more max protect, and nowadays max protect is like seven. You know, protecting seven where you got less receivers going out on routes, which is totally different than anything he did in college. And I just think he he's yet to really every snap look comfortable in it. Is the ability there? Sure. And I honestly don't know watching him, I honestly don't know that some of the injury stuff he went through in college didn't bring him back to the pack from an athletic standpoint, too. The hip thing and you know, sometimes he throws. I saw him in the other in the game the other day against Chicago. Sometimes he throws the ball and it doesn't really jump out of his arm. It's like it's lagging a little bit, like his arm's weak. I I don't know. I just think that I'm a little surprised by all that. I'll tell you, his arm isn't weak. It's Justin Fields. That guy looked great for Chicago. Now they're trying to downplay it. Nagy, the uh, head coach there for Chicago, says, "Oh yeah, well it was really good." We're not going to overreact anything to that big preseason. You know, game. it's expected. You got to play the situation and just understand. Okay, this is the excitement is there, and we all. I'll, I'll go back to we all want him to play really well. Like that's a that's a good thing is is for him to go out and play well. Uh, at the same point in time, we knew going into this that in this situation that anytime there's there's something that goes wrong for a guy like Andy in this situation, you know that that's going to be there if Justin's playing well. Okay, we're not going to. You know, overreact, whatever. And then he comes right back and goes, but we're going to start giving him some first-team reps. <laughs> is there a point where, as part of the plan, there is value to getting Justin reps with guys like Allen Robinson, starters, that he hasn't had a ton of yet? I, I think that that's real. I think you need to uh, look into that, and you need to be able to see, okay, not even so much to see that with his own players, because he gets some of that in practice right now. He's getting... I don't know what to think about head coaches who are really eloquent speakers and wordy and long answers and almost they ought to be on the desk at ESPN as opposed to coaching the team. I don't really know how to deal with that because, frankly, all the great coaches I can think of in college and in the NFL, they've all got a little Belichick in them. I mean, Urban Meyer had it at Florida. Saban's got it at Alabama, obviously. Leach has had it. Now, little he he'll go off as long as we're talking about Bigfoot. But you ask him about you know his quarterbacks. Ah, eh, well, you know we're just trying to get better every day, and you know you guys can ask me until the cows come home, and I won't have an answer until we play the first game. I mean, this guy for Chicago is like, settle in, boys, have some coffee because I got something to tell you. This is going to take a while. See, I'm afraid that's the way I would be if I'm a coach. The media guys would love me. I'm not sure the fans would. (laughs) All right, that'll wrap it up. Two-hour show today, and I appreciate you being a part of it. For Bill, I'm Matt. We'll see you tomorrow for a three-hour show here in the Bureau. See you then. See you. Another load of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, Percy.